Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. COVID-19 variants continue to emerge, but what causes it to evolve? State epidemiologist Dr. Paul Byers explains. It's modifying all the time. But one of the things that really leads to and enhances those changes is when you have a lot of people who are getting infected. That gives a lot more opportunity for that virus to propagate and mutate and change and become and emerge as a variant strain that has those qualities that can make it more infectious, lead to a more severe infection. And Governor Tate Reeves is adamantly opposed to critical race theory sneaking into curriculums in Mississippi. I am not aware of any school district that currently allows for it. Should that become an issue, I believe we ought to pass legislation, uh, pass a law to make these school districts unable to teach CRT in our classrooms. We've seen that in other states. I'm willing to do it. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis. This is for those who always show they care. Who told their kids everyone 12 and older is eligible for a COVID vaccine. Those who explain to their cousins that vaccines prevent nearly 100% of hospitalizations and deaths from COVID-19. This is for the ones protecting those they love. Thank you. We can do this. Find vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Your business may be classified as small to mid-size, but you view it as an empire and naturally want it to succeed. Do you have the proper tools in place to efficiently utilize the staff who handles administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits? Without changing current processes and proper training, payroll technology alone cannot solve these problems. By utilizing the iSolve platform, MWG Employer Services can create new processes and properly train your staff to maximize the efficiency of this technology. For more information, visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Whether it happens in a special session or in the next regular session, House Ways and Means Chairman Trey Lamar expects lawmakers to put forward a medical marijuana program. The Senate had hearings uh, as recently as last week, and uh, recreational marijuana was a big topic at, at those at those hearings. I don't know that the House is there, um, but that conversation seems to be uh, one that, that uh, is there on the horizon to have. And Mississippi's first wind turbine facility has been approved by the Public Service Commission. It will be located in Tunica County. Commissioner Dane Maxwell says the benefits of the facility will be far-reaching. That'll power about 70,000 homes, that wind farm. It's on 1,300 acres in Tunica. Had a great, great visit up there with the local folks. And you're talking about hundreds of jobs just got created. And there will be a curfew in the city of Starkville to deal with crime. The curfew is in effect from midnight to 5 each day for at least a year for those under 18. I'm Andy Davis. Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. The College World Series begins today in Omaha at TD Ameritrade Park. Game one will be Stanford versus North Carolina State, who knocked out Arkansas, the overall number one seed last week. And then the second game tonight will be Vanderbilt, defending national champion, taking on Arizona, who eliminated Ole Miss last week. Then on Sunday, the first game up, at 1 o'clock will be the Tennessee Volunteers versus Virginia. And then the nightcap Sunday will be the Texas Longhorns versus Mississippi State. That will be a 6 o'clock first pitch. 5.30 will be the airtime on the MSU Baseball Network. And then the games will continue into Monday and Tuesday and throughout next week. The championship series, a 2 out of 3 is scheduled for Monday the 28th, 29th, and 30th of the last week of June. This is... 
Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Welcome to Mike Drop, the show where Mississippi Farm Bureau President Mike McCormick drops some helpful knowledge. Here's something very helpful. You can join Mississippi Farm Bureau for less than $50 a year. There are so many benefits to your membership, including money-saving perks, access to Farm Bureau insurance, protecting your land, and making a difference in your community through advocacy. Visit your Farm Bureau friends and neighbors at your county office or sign up online today at msfb.org. You can bet the farm on it. Your business may not be a Fortune 500 company yet. You've worked hard to grow your business to where it is today, but are the manual processes that worked when you were smaller now eating into your man hours? As an iSolve network provider, MWG Employer Services can help you save time and money by streamlining the processes of administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits, as well as training your personnel to efficiently manage your human capital through one platform. Want to find out more? Visit MWGEmployerServices.com. The 48th Annual Mississippi Association Coaches Hall of Fame Induction Awards Banquet was held last night at the Hilton in Jackson. Induction of the class of 2021 included the late Danny Carlisle, championship baseball coach at Starkville High School with a guide of his teams to 571 wins. Mike Gavin, former MAC president, coached at Harrison Central, St. John, Diaberville, East Central, and Mississippi Gulf Coast. Don Hinton, who recently retired as the executive director of the Mississippi High School Activity Association, coached football at Van Cleve, Ocean Springs, Northwest Rankin, Murrah, and Mississippi Baptist. Anthony Jenkins, football, track, and powerlifting coach at Hernando High School. He was also the winningest football coach at Hernando High School, leading his team to 165 wins from 1988 to 2013. And Bill Ward, championship football coach at Mantashi, Kosciuszko, and Pilahatchee. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Good morning, baby. Good morning. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? Whatever time of day you might be listening to this particular program, thank you. Appreciate that very, very much. This is, uh, yep. Yep, it's Claudette's day around here, but it's a lot of other things, too. That is, of course, the first named storm. And in the trivia books, one of these days, you'll answer the question, uh, how many storms are named after they get out of the water and on land? The answer is not very many, but Claudette is one of them. And usually they hit land and immediately lose strength. Fortunately, though, for most of our area, the uh, the storm's going more easter eastern than it is north and west at this particular point in from where it has landed. I believe it came on at Bay St. Louis in the night, and uh, the the good news is that we know what we're looking at. We know how this happens, and it's it's going to be gone quickly. The good the bad news is that yeah, if it's your tree and it falls over, it's not a good thing. So let's talk about that. We can talk about recovery from storm damage. We can talk about preventing storm damage there's a lot of things that we gardeners can do if if you happen to look up and see your neighbor's patio table for example rolling down the street you know that they were not ready but that's 
part of what we do as gardeners is to see about things. Um, This may or may not be helpful, but memory does indeed fade over time. We now have study from the University of Birmingham to tell us that. That would be Birmingham, England. I'm not mispronouncing it. What information gets into your brain over time does sort, and we understand that at times your brain will massage things so that you're not remembering every detail. The people who can remember every detail, like Mary Lou Henner and the, the people who have that particular propensity, frankly, do not have my envy at all. It would be difficult, to, I think, to remember every moment. But the good news is we're learned, are learning more about what gets lost and how to keep the main gist of things in. That's why if you ask someone, you know, two people were at the same football game, they're not going to tell you the exact same story. Hopefully they'll come out with the same score, you know, maybe the same um, star, that sort of thing. But they're going to have different experiences, and it's that way with everything, really. I- imagine um, reminiscing about anything with somebody that you experienced it with, and you know that you may have... You may remember the color of the tablecloth, where they remember something entirely different. You know, there's just this, this, this the way people are. We're all a little bit different. But the fact that we are able to adapt is a, always a good thing because we want our memories to retain what is best for us to know about, what is important, what the lessons are, so that we can move forward. Um, when I went out yesterday afternoon and saw the first evidence of the next round of white flies on the tomatoes, I did not forget that I needed to take care of that. So I did. Went out with a little bit of uh, a, a neem spray. It was cool enough yesterday evening. And then it rained this morning, so I'll have to go look and see whether or not they survived. But your memory really does distill your experiences and that's part of why journaling is so important. But if you if you talk to people who do journal on a regular basis, whether it's daily or weekly, they will tell you that they, not every detail goes in. If you ever did Dear Diary as a child, you certainly didn't put in all of the details. You may have you may have never had but one color socks, for example. So you probably didn't say I have on white socks today or I have on blue socks or whatever it is. But that day may have been important for some other reason. Even though you lose the details about it, the main gist is what we're hanging on to. And I think that that's important because memories do fade. And sometimes, sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's not. Coming in on the text line today, um, Fernwood is reporting. Ken says, perfect amount of rain. wonder what that is. If you want to get in touch, we'd love to hear your 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 rain gauge reports today here on Weekend Gardening. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven is the Super Talk call line. The ceasefire text line is six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. When you call, you will first be greeted by Daniel, who is here. Um, this is this is we're not going to make too many jokes because every time I have several friends named Daniel and they really all hate the Lions Den jokes, but. We try not to be too much of a lion's den here. However, it's, it is radio. It is live. So be nice to him. We want him to continue putting me on the air. <laughs> All right, now, what are you going to do? The poison ivy is back. Everybody that I know who took down their poison ivy in the springtime is now sending me notes, emails, and stopping me on the sidewalk to say, it's back. What happened? I don't know what happened, but we have plenty. So I'm going to suggest that you start right away with that particular thing that happens, the poison ivy resurgence. 
What you need to do, of course, is to knock it down so that you can get it to grow back up and be tender young leaves. Those are both going to respond best to any kind of herbicide that you would put on them, and they also respond better to pulling if that's what you choose to do. So if you're if you are looking, however, at poison ivy and it has all of those really nut, really bumpy little bump bumps on the leaves, don't touch it. It's beginning to go into its next phase, and you're going to have a much more poisonous plant pretty quickly. So by all means, knock it down now, get it out, and when the new growth comes up, that's what you want to try and control. It, it will respond much better. Um, I, I told you all, I think last week, that I walked by a very public planting of Asiatic jasmine that had been inv- invaded. I still can't believe it. I looked at it again this week. It's really something. If you are following me on Facebook, if you're in the group, um, the, the Garden Mama group on Facebook, you will have, you be seeing a few things that are changing, and that those are good things. But the flower that I put up today is a parrot lily. Parrot lily is Alstromeria, which is a flower that you'll see in just about every flower arrangement that anyone ever gives you or a bouquet that you buy, you know, um, in the in the store for yourself, because it's such a wonderful plant and grows so readily for florist production. The one that I grow and the one that many people grow in this part of the country is a hardier one than the parrot lilies that would be raised, say, in Columbia or even in southern Florida. This one is a perennial, and yeah, it can be a little bit of a bully sometimes, but when those red flowers pop up in a whorl at the top of the stem, you know that you've got something that you want. We all we all talk about um, having such lovely, lovely parrot lilies. It's fun stuff. I was tickled to see that the University of Copenhagen has decided that they need to study parrots a little more, the birds, not the flowers. They are, it's really funny, parrots, we all think about parrots, you know, probably want a cracker and that kind of thing, and many of the ones who are taught to talk do tend to live in individual situations with a human being. But what they did was to try and work on flock decisions of the social parrot, the orange-fronted um, conure, which is a beautiful parrot, by the way. They worked on the um, the wild parrots by attracting them to loudspeakers that, you know, were, were speaking orange parrot. They were They were talking back and forth. And what they really worked on was to give them the opportunity to do call and response, which, of course, they did. The listening flocks could now decide to either fly after the leader or fly after the follower or go with them, okay? So it was an interesting way of looking at the way that the dynamic of their voices makes all the difference. They're known for, of course, um, their ability to imitate. That's why we enjoy them so much. But the um, this, this is, interestingly enough, it's not it, it, not every parrot follows the same lead. Some tend to follow the ones that are making the louder first noises, and other ones tend to go with the people that have a little bit quieter thing to say. Hmm. Sounds kind of normal, doesn't it? Um, I'm sorry. Let me do these. <laughs> I can't see what this is. Star Magnolia. Four inches of rain. Well, I don't think that should be a problem. Oh, that's a beautiful Gloriosa lily, by the way. I'm jealous, too. This looks, um, this could be a gall, but I don't know. I, I would wait and see what happens. If it just continues to be that way and gets brown, then it's just a gall. 
it it's possibly something else, but I don't think so. Pretty leaves, though. Oh, Mike, that's a lovely crinum. That's just beautiful. Um, the irises are getting eaten. <laughs> well, I can't tell you because I can't tell you what's. I don't know what kind of caterpillar this is that you've sent me, but it is a lovely one. Um, if it's eating irises, however, the best remedy for that is going to be spinosad in a dust form. Go out, pluck off all the ones that you can see, drop them into a jar of either bleach and water or soapy water, and uh, let them, you know, if you, if, or, you, or you can certainly stomp and squish them if it gives you some particular pleasure to do that. I, I enjoy it, but not everyone does. And uh, then spray or dust the plants with a spinosad and keep that on there. And just clean up that other, all the brown leaves that are on there. And then you'll be able to see if there's any more hatching. Okay. Uh, I like that, though. That's a really beautiful crinum that you have. Lovely plant. And, yes, caterpillars will eat just about everything. (laughs) Um, The, yeah, that's true. They're pretty, though. You're right about that. Very, Really, very lovely. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Let's see Dave in Ripley. Um, well, you're getting, you were busy today. How about that? My goodness, he's going to be fertilizing. I can see that. Um, let's see now. One of the things that happens at this time of the year is that we start talking about, well, what do you do in the summer? Do you, don't you just mow the yard? Well, yeah, you do have to mow the yard. But at this point, Please raise the blade one notch. Why would you do that? No, it doesn't keep you from be, having to mow the yard as often. It still grows just as fast. But if you think about it, it's kind of like your hair. If you cut your hair every week, the part that you cut would eventually split that same spot if you're cutting it at the same place every week. The same thing is true of gra- grass blades. And what happens to them is that they get a little bit shreddy, And they do continue to grow, but because they're damaged on their end so often, they can't always recover all the way out to the tip of the blade. That's why when you walk on some people's lawns in the summertime, it's not fun to walk on. It's not sticker weed. It's just the lawn grass is too hard. And if you will raise that mower blade by just one notch, you'll have the opportunity to cut at a slightly higher point on the grass blade It also is important at this point to be sure that your grass is getting cut with a sharp blade. I say that because you may not even be the one that cuts your grass. So when you talk to them about raising the the mower notch, they may tell you they've already done that, and then ask how often they're either replacing or sharpening the blades because it does make a difference, and in the summer is when you can actually see it. If your grass is being bent and ripped rather than just cut, it does look different, and it certainly feels different when you walk on it, too. I was uh, tickled to get a couple of recipes about um, hot pepper and garlic sprays at this time of the year because they can be very helpful for a few things, not the least of which is keeping the cats out of your flower pots or your um, your flower beds. And then someone said, well, just grab, bring the pine cones that you raked up, put them in the flower beds or in the containers. The cats won't climb in there. They don't like that. I thought, they've obviously never seen my cats. They, they'll they play baseball with those things. They'll knock them right out of the container and sit in the container. Now, they don't use them for a litter box, I'm happy to say, but for some reason they do like to sit in the containers. So, therefore, 
My answer is a little bit of spray to make it smell bad to them and a little bit of wire so that when they go to sit, it's not comfortable. It's just one of those both things. But this particular garlic spray um, it tickled me. It's, it, it's uh, roughly chopped, one or two garlic bulbs, roughly chopped. I'm throwing them in the food processor. What are you talking about? But what they want you to do is basically bruise the garlic, pour in put them in like a quart jar, pour in boiling water, and let it steep. And then at that point, um, it will go in with a little bit of liquid soap into your sprayer. And, of course, you can use that for any number of things to repel all sorts of insects and to keep that going. A lot of people will use these home remedy sprays and then in between their other sprays, particularly if they're having a big problem with something, because you don't want want your insects to get accustomed to any one particular um, spray. That's how they adapt. That's why we have so many problems with insects that if you if you listen to people who have their homes treated, for example, for indoor pests, um, if they're done by professionals that know what they're doing, it's not the same chemical every time. And they will come and ask you, make sure nobody's allergic to this or that because they want to change up to keep the bugs guessing. It's very important to do that. <laughs> Let's see. Um, Rhett and Ridgeland has uh, a, a large parrots. Oh, okay. Well, that's true. The, the, that's true. It is very difficult. Older people love to have a parrot around to talk to them, but the parrot will outlive you. <laughs> so be aware of that. <laughs> he, he said it. Rhett said it a little more nice than I'm saying it. But um, I, I actually know someone whose parrots outlived him. And uh, they're now on their, I think, third home because they will. they literally have outlived <laughs> their people. Parrots can live to be very old, you know. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. As we get into the morning today, I would love to hear from you about what's happening in your garden. Maybe you've got too many tomatoes. We'd love to hear that complaint. Maybe you've got peppers starting to make. Um, maybe like me, your blueberries have just been bustling and beautiful. But again, there's many many flowers that are doing well too. My lilies have been lovely, and I'm very happy to say that uh, the the Montbrigia, the Crocosmia, and the Cannas are all in flower right now, too. I'm stranged out, though, because my Lenten rose has put on a flower. It doesn't do that. In, it, just, I don't, it's, it blooms in the winter. I don't know <laughs> what's happened to it, but it has definitely gone um, in a different direction. Let's see now. Um well, I don't know, Mike, but we'll find out. Mike's got some. Mike's got. Mike's out there sharing his tomatoes with his squirrels. That's nice of you. You're nicer than me, that's for sure. I am a big fan of what is called acerbic humor. There's, uh, well, there's 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 sarcasm and there's all kind. There's lots of different kinds of humor, but there's a comedian named Stephen Wright, who is known for his acerbic humor. Um, He says, if you saw a heat wave, would you wave back? You might. Listen now. Take a deep breath. We got a long way to go today because we got a whole lot to be right about. This is Weekend Gardening. Yeah,
Do you ever feel like you are in the dark? Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. Propane generators assure you will always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking. Hot water on demand, warm and consistent heat and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Propane, clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com today. Y'all listen up. Have you seen all the litter on the sides of our roads? We need to all do our part to fight litter. Put trash in its proper place and make sure items in your truck beds are secure. Remember, trash blows. Secure your load. Please do your part to keep Mississippi beautiful. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.org. That's keepmsbeautiful.org. Remember, always protect the road, secure your load. This hour of weekend gardening is brought to you locally in part by The Tractor Store, your Mahindra dealer on Highway 49 South in Richland. The Tractor Store is proud to sell Mahindra, the world's number one tractor. The Tractor Store, your farm and lawn equipment destination. Garden Mama here to ask, what about your trees? Hmm? Everybody like me who has big trees in their landscape needs a tree service, and mine is Matthews Tree Service, the metro area's oldest residential tree service. They're licensed, insured, and ready to consult with you about damaged trees and healthy ones, too. Listen to your mama now and call Matthews for free estimates in the greater Jackson metro area. Call 601-316-8584. Matthews Tree Service. This Father's Day weekend broadcast on Super Talk Mississippi is brought to you by Tico Steakhouse. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there from Tico Steakhouse, where the locals gather. East County Line Road in Ridgeland, 601-956-1030. From luxury hotels to homeowners, Bath Fitter in Ridgeland will exceed your expectations. Your beautiful new bath and shower are made with the same high-quality materials used in luxury hotels and installed in as little as one day. Bath Fitter in Ridgeland will provide the bath or shower custom designed you've always wanted with no heavy demo or weeks without your bath area. Visit bathfitter.com where you can design your own bath area and book your free in-home or virtual consultation. Bathfitter.com. I'm Andy Gibson, your Commissioner of Agriculture and Commerce. You can support Mississippi's many talented farmers, artisans, and craftsmen by purchasing products with a genuine Mississippi logo. And that's the proof it's the real deal. To find products grown, raised, crafted, and made in our great state, just visit GenuineMS.com or visit the Genuine Mississippi store at the Mississippi Farmers Market every Monday through Friday, 11 to 1, and Saturdays, 8 to 1. I'm Andy Gibson, and I am Genuine Mississippi. Hi, break time? I know you. I'm Coligard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. It seems like you take care of yourself. I do. I play tennis. I try to eat well. What about screening for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. Colon cancer is more treatable when it's caught in early stages. Tell me more. Coligard is non-invasive and is used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Coligard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Coligard is right for you. Or visit requestcoligard.com. I'm on it. Excellent. 
much for tuning in to Weekend Gardening today. This is uh, quite a nice day, frankly. Gray. You can do a little pruning in between the rain showers if you like. On the other hand, it's a good day to be thinking about what you're going to plant in the next weeks. Of course, we can uh, seed flowers all summer long. We can also start getting ready for the fall garden, believe it or not. But now that we're at this point in June, it's time to start little babies. It's time to start some squash plants and some things that you want to put out next month. Get yourself about um, get, get yourself about a month's head start. Doesn't take too long, but it will help. Um, yes, Joe, your palmetto should be sprouting by now. Mine has put on, uh, you're in Jackson, and so am I. Mine has put on flower spikes, in fact, and I'm just waiting for them to bloom. It should be up and running by now. I would get underneath, down, go, you know, go down to the base of the plant and just see whether or not you've got any sprouts at all, any any life, any signs of life at all. And if you don't, you may need to be thinking about another palmetto, but most of the time they're hardy. It just may be slow to come back for you, and it may have to come back from the ground level. Ken wants to know how to freeze blueberries. His neighbor's going to let him pick them. That's great. Handy dandy for you. It's real simple. You just rinse them off and put them in a bag and freeze them. But think about how many you want to freeze. Don't freeze one gigantic bag because it's not that easy to get them back out again. Freeze in smaller bags, freeze in freezer bags, or even freezer boxes if you have that kind of space. But I I freeze about a pint, sometimes a pint and a half, in a good freezer bag, and then I put all the freezer bags into a box in the freezer. It's, it they, they work out very well. They stay perfectly beautifully. Um, let's see. I don't know what this flower is, Mike. I think it's a spiral orchid, but I don't know. There are a couple other things that uh, there's one called lizard's tail that has that same kind of curvy spike. And without seeing the leaves, I honestly can't tell you exactly what it is. Um Daniel, if you will show will show will if you will show will the question about the stations because I can't answer that one. Um, let's see. Oh my goodness, John's been sending me pictures during the week of uh, his the flooding in 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 his world, and of course now that it really does look like something from outer space. The uh, the, the, the the tomato cages are just. The only thing left. It's just really bizarre. Cloudy and cool there today. And, of course, it's still covering everything but the asparagus bed. Well, that's good. And yet there's no water in the house. That's good. That's really good news. Really good news. For all of you who are facing these kinds of issues, know that the rest of us are thinking about you. We saw some folks in an area that I'm familiar with filling sandbags yesterday. And, yeah, that's it's that time of year. So go ahead and be a little bit proactive if you haven't already replenished everything in your emergency kit from the freeze or whatever, whichever whichever winter weather you experienced. Go ahead and make a little inventory. Make sure you have everything. And don't forget the pet food. you got to put some things aside. Now would be a good time to do that. Speaking of pets, do we consider falcons to be our pets? I don't know. Um I, I, I do love falcons. I only know one person who has done falconing, you know, is a falconer, as it were. But um, I didn't realize that the reason everything everything has a, a reason when a, an animal develops it. There's got to be some payoff. 
Um, for example, we we know that cactus for, can develop lots and lots of hairs on them to keep things from eating them. We also know that plants will develop ways of being pollinated that allow insects in but don't let them back out until they've picked up the pollen or, or you know, picked up the nectar and, and released the pollen. But we also know that there are, in fact, animals that, as we've talked about here, dogs have developed that kind of frowny muscle that they that wolves and coyotes don't have to let them look more closely at their human and let their human look more closely back at them. And it's interesting to me, the University of Cape Town, of all places, are publishing in biology letters this month. This is... Uh, Falcons have natural eye makeup. Well, yeah, they do. They really have very, very beautiful. When you when you look at pictures of falcons, you will always be attracted to their eyes because they're so lovely. But the peregrine falcons have that dark eyeliner, quote unquote, the feathers that that darken in that area that actually helps their hunting ability in a particular way. Um, it, it's it, they've always thought that the the this helped them locate their fast moving prey in bright sunlight but now they've actually developed as we understand it now according to the climate if a bird lives in a truly sunny habitat the the telltale sunshade feathers are larger and darker um it it makes me think about when you visit with your family members from other who've, who've lived in other places they may look like you, but they're going to have some – something's going to be different. They're going to have a deeper tan or they're going to have, you know, other things that mark their that, that side of the family based on where they live. And in this particular case, the dark eyeliner acts as a sun shield for the peregrine falcon. They, until now, they had not really done that. Uh, they would not tested the, uh, the malar stripe. I love that. It's also called the mustache <laughs> under their eye. But it looks like – the same sort of thing that athletes put on their cheekbones because it helps with the helps to reflect helps get the light away from them helps to remove the glare and i do think about this i'm one of those people that has uh one cataract that's ready to be removed and the other is not i'm waiting so that gives me the opportunity to say if i could put that little mark under there would i be able to see to drive at night would i get rid of the glare i don't think it works at night i think it's only about uh the ability to, to avoid sunlight. I got some interesting questions this week about clematis. Wrote about it in the newsletter, All Things Garden Mama Weekly. And, uh, oh, by the way, thanks, y'all. We had a fun Zoom last week, and y'all were sweet to write me notes about it. Um, this particular newsletter today, though, I, I have to tell you, I don't think we have really appreciated the power of clematis to bring flowers to the summer garden. We always think about the beautiful big flowers around our mailboxes or on a column or something like that in the springtime. And we then think about, if we think about clematis at all for the fall, don't we just think about sweet autumn clematis, that one that's just leafy, leafy, leafy and has flowers all over it and crawls all over the shrubs and, you know, gets up on the shed and whatnot. It's just almost uncontrollable. Well, it is controllable. But you have to cut on it early in the springtime to to control where it goes, and it's a it, there are hybrids that are not as vigorous as the species is, but there's some in between, and the summer blooming clematis really deserve more attention. There are a lot that are 
Hardy for zones four through nine. And I'm always looking for something, you know, you, you, you have gigantic pergola, you have a gigantic trellis or this or that, but you may also have a nice artful piece. I have um, an obelisk, for example, a wire obelisk that someone gave me. Well, that's what it needs. It needs a, a six to eight foot tall, not a 14 to 15 foot tall thing. You know, you might you might think, well, I'll put coral honeysuckle on here. No, you won't. It'll last about a year and a half and then it'll keel over and drop the whole thing on the ground. <laughs> so get yourself something that's sturdy enough to support what you're going to grow. And in the case of really attractive obelisks and different things like that, that that you want to bring a little height to an area. I think, out, for example, in my courtyard at the edge would be nice to have another piece of height. I have a sculpture there. It'd be nice to have a, another piece there. And in this case, it could have flowers because we're looking at the clematis that we prune and, in fact, plant in spring. And then they come on and they bloom for us as we get into the summertime. They bloom on new growth, whereas the ones that bloom on, in spring bloom on last year's growth that's why you prune them after they flower um, i wanted to tell you somebody asked me about um a white clematis they were they were hoping to they have a white garden and they were hoping to add a, a white clematis to it one of the things about having all white flowers is that it's really very visible at nighttime and i think that's what they were doing was the spaces around their um their deck in the shady side, they had hostas with white flowers, which was lovely. And in this particular case, they wanted to put on the sunnier side, they wanted to put a clematis. So I suggested Henry Eye. Um, those flowers are bigger than your fist. <laughs> Big old, pretty flowers. And it's a real good grower, too. Really, really super, super good grower. Um, oh, talking about the, um, the palmettos and, and, What's a palm and what's not a palm has been a thing lately. Palm trees are palm trees, okay? Well, palmetto palms are sable palms. Okay, well, we can go there. Then we, But then we have to realize that sago palm and cardboard palm and zigzag palm and some of these other ones are not actually palms at all. And for that reason, they don't grow the same. I'm reminded always of the plant that's called strawberry begonia. It is neither a strawberry nor is it a begonia. It has a leaf that has a little bit of a resemblance to the round leaf begonias, not that much. And it has a, 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 a habit of dropping plants off of little strings, you know, like little runners like the strawberries do. But it's really not either one of those plants. And it's a lovely plant all on its own, but it it's gotten a bad rap because nobody can figure out what to do with a strawberry begonia. Well, it's a perennial in zone eight. Um, I grow it in a container and I'll, I put the container into the base of another plant in the wintertime. That's all I've had to do. It made it just fine through this, this year, too, even when it was colder than usual for longer than usual. If you have got uh, leaf rollers in your caterpillars, this would be a really good time to cut them down. And give yourself um, an opportunity to dust that area. You could use Bacillus thuringiensis, you could use BT, or you could use Spinosad. But what you want to do is get that into the base of the plant so that if there are more waiting to bother you, they will not be able to do that. Paula is on the text line, and um, I don't know, Paula, but I'm looking. I can't tell really what you've got. It, it could be a little bit of blight. I would expect to see that lower on the plant, however. Um, and, and leaf spots like that can sometimes just be simply a matter of a, a, a physiological anomaly. The, the leaf got 
too wet or too dry, and then it shrank up and it popped in the in the place. If you see, though, I can't see close enough to see if inside those brown spots there's a little bullseye, though. Um, that's going to tell you that you have late blight. And the main thing to do for the plant, of course, is to take off of these take off these damaged leaves, give it a a nice opportunity to um, grow in the next week or so and see whether or not we can keep them going. If it's going to be blight, it's going to get worse. And if it isn't blight, you'll be able to control it. The good news is we're coming up on time to, I've got a couple of things already rooting. We're coming up on time to replant tomatoes um, for the fall before too very long at all. I have so many stories in the news. The reports have been just great. Um, bacteria and fungi are taking over the world, and I'm not really sure we're, we we may end up. Uh, I don't know. We may end up having to do a whole podcast of bacteria because there's so many things going on. But I love the notion that we are now um, developing salmonella vaccines for animals that really essentially trap. Bacteria, they lure the bacteria. I think it's just brilliant that that's happening. It's certainly not anything we can be doing today, but it's something that's going on. Um, we're working on some of the detoxifiers from the landfill. In other words, some of the things in the landfill can actually help us generate enzymes that turn around and break down other things. So understanding what's in them um, is particularly important. We, Those of us who have had issues around lindane before will be more interested in that. We'll get to that as the morning goes along, I hope. And, of course, the whole business of what's happening with my plant and what's happening with your plant. Um, oh, um, oh, that's cute. Danny has a squash. Now, some of these are some of these are intentional. Danny has a squash that's green on the end and yellow on the top with a perfectly de- designated line going around it. There are squashes that these have been selected and continued and bred. So depending on what variety it is, this could be intentional. But the way they happen before they're intentional is a cross-pollination. And usually there's not any effect in taste when you see the, the bicolor like this. Um, it would be interesting if, if you were trying to grow zucchini or if you were trying to grow yellow squash to, to figure out what, um, you know, figure out which one it, it was and which, who got closer. But a lot of times we're looking at squash that have been developed actually to do this. It's interesting. Frankly, there's going to be somebody out there that's going to get mad at me, but they all taste about the same. <laughs> and if you cook them with something else, like onions and garlic, they, they all do taste the same. Oh, no, I'm in trouble now. Look out. Let's go. We need to jump into the water with Ringo, okay? Stick around. This is Weekend Garden. No one there to tell us what to do. I like to be under the sea. In this with you. you 
Your business may be classified as small to mid-size, but you view it as an empire and naturally want it to succeed. Do you have the proper tools in place to efficiently utilize the staff who handles administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits? Without changing current processes and proper training, payroll technology alone cannot solve these problems. By utilizing the iSolve platform, MWG Employer Services can create new processes and properly train your staff to maximize the efficiency of this technology. For more information, visit MWGEmployerServices.com. If you're building a new home or remodeling an older home, Amazing Propane is for you. A propane tankless water heater, a propane generator, a propane gas grill and oven, propane fireplaces, even lighting. Propane, such a versatile, clean, cost-effective source of energy for any home. Propane, clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com to learn more. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get yourself to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture, outdoor indoor living areas, umbrellas, replacement cushions, and beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll even find Komodo Joe grills and collegiate gift items. The expert staff members at Lakeland Yard and Garden will be happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. While you're there, be sure to get your topsoil or mulch sold by the bag or in bulk. Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden, growing your way and serving you for over 40 years. Stop by or call today, located at Lakeland Drive and Airport Road, 601-939-7304, online at lakelandyardandgarden.com. Listen to your garden mama now. It's Lakeland Yard and Garden Center for all your gardening needs and a whole lot more. Does your body hurt? Have you tried unsuccessful treatments for plantar fasciitis, tennis elbow, shoulder pain, or IT band? Innovative Health Clinic, formerly Acoustic Wave Treatment Center, offers an affordable non-surgical solution through acoustic wave therapy. The beneficial effects of acoustic wave therapy are often experienced after only one or two treatments. The therapy eliminates pain and restores mobility, improving your quality of life. Schedule your appointment at 601-944-5585 or online at InnovativeHealthClinic.net. Now taking same-day appointments. Hi, I'm Mary Whedon. I have a seawall that's falling apart, so I'm using G3 Services to replace it. G3 Services has a long-lasting, good-looking product. Owner Derek Gentry is dependable, and I know this because he's my friend, and he will be yours as well. He also does enclosed patios, concrete walkways, outdoor kitchens, and, well, everything you desire for outdoor living. Call Derek today for an estimate. He is local, and he will call you back. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by, see us, or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Green Home AC systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> 
serene. The new degree of comfort. friends. It's almost not Saturday without a little Booker T and the MGs. Reaching deep into the vault to pull out some of my old favorites. You have to laugh. Because if you don't laugh, you'd be crying most of the time. The good news is Booker T and the MGs are still a thing. And we all, I mean, you hear people all the time talk about they've just discovered it. One of the most fun things in the world, if, if you think, if you are old and jaded and think nobody does anything like you did and nobody likes anything good anymore and all that stuff that I hear y'all saying, and I'm at least as old as y'all, probably older, okay? But when I hear all that, I'm telling you, there's three or four people you need to start watching on the YouTube. Ask your grandchildren to show you the people that are just discovering things like Booker T and the MGs, people that are just discovering, I don't know, Pink Floyd's The Wall. I mean, there are people that are like 19 years old listening to that stuff, and watching them listen to it is as much fun as listening to it. (laughs) They're having the same reaction you did when you were 19 (laughs) and heard that stuff. And some of the movies, oh, my goodness. Watching, watching people that never ever watched anything except for a superhero movie go launch into rom-coms is really fun because they don't have any idea that you can do that in a movie. Yeah, now it's fun. I wish there'd been a camera on me the first time I ever saw an animated movie. I, you would have enjoyed watching me watch Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. That was one of the best days of my life. <laughs> I think we all have those. And the good news is that that stuff does get passed along because, frankly, that's why we have all of this stuff. We human beings have always been acquisitive. We like holding on to our information. We, we, we've we gotten to where now we actually look at people's Zoom backgrounds to decide if we like their library better than ours. You know, so that's what we're up to. That's what we're all doing. Good questions from Corinne and Jackson today. How do I know when to harvest my corn? Um, the tassel will brown and, and fall over, and you know it's done. Plus, you'll be able to tell that you'll be able to feel that the thing has swollen up. The whole ear is is getting fatter. But when the when the silk itself bends over and is is done for, then it's time to to go ahead and cut it. Uh, yes, you can absolutely start okra squash and tomato seeds for the second crop. These are things we're going to be putting in. This we're now at the the midpoint. Uh, you know of of. Uh, of June, we're going to be wanting to plant in four to six weeks from now, end of July, for a lot of these things. And believe it or not, that's also when we start in Zone 8 seeding with broccoli so that we can get the broccoli plants out. And, yes, you have to put up shade if you really want them to go well and grow in August. But that's what we do because we do want them to keep going. And if you once you get accustomed to that, it's really not a big deal to do. Um Ken, I have I never watched Old Yeller. They knew it better than to take me to it. And uh, my children never saw Bambi because I cried in Bambi. So you have you have to give your children something to rebel against. <laughs> in my cases, because I know I never saw Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay, but it's not like I don't know who Chucky is. I did see it. 
I'm more of a Stephen King person. Anyway, I do know this. One of the things that I will be moving as soon as the soil dries out enough to dig, you know, you don't, you still don't want to dig wet soil, but I have had an absolute proliferation. I mean, incredible numbers of perennial hibiscus have come up in my flower bed and there's i love that because i like the flowers but there's too many of them they're now coming up in the limelight hydrangea and everywhere else in there so i'm going to be digging those up and moving them to another spot it's just that kind of thing that you don't really want to at least i don't want to dig up my one and only very favorite this or that and manipulate it dig and divide or replant or relocate it in the summertime but i will do that for things that there's a lot of and sometimes they actually prefer taking off again in the humidity so i'm working on that particular thing still looking at curved uh curved stemmed flowers (laughs) there's a lot of them did you know that there's a lot of them Oh, one note in this rainy weather that you should also probably be told um, more than once, that is that if you sprayed yesterday for anything, pretty much anything, if it did not have a chance to get dry, you're going to need to spray again. That's why we all, we, we gardeners watch the weather all the time. Now, we're not always right, and sometimes we wait too long or we do things too quickly. I got a, 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 an effort at posting last week in the Garden Mama group on Facebook, um, Someone had sprayed herbicide on their roses, and they wanted to know what to do. And I just had to write and say, there's not anything you can do except prune them and hope that they can grow back, because this is not a good thing. We have specifics, and the accidents happen. I realize that. Um, That's how I have a green bathroom. You know, it's just the wrong color paint. But there are things that we can do about some things and some that we cannot. For, For example... If you spray the wrong thing, if you take that uh, weed killer and you were supposed to be spraying the lawn and you you accidentally sprayed your shrubs with it, there's not much you can do except wash it off quickly, all right, because it's probably going to be stuck on there. You don't want to wait a day to try to see if anything happens because something is going to happen. But anytime anytime water can be your friend, that's that's what you want to use for it. Oh, interesting question um, popping in today about using hot pepper in that garlic spray. Yes, you can do that, too. Um, one of the other recipes that I noted this week was uh, that they were using a couple of hot peppers. And then another person um, said, you know, actually, I don't. I make this spray all the time, and I don't always have hot peppers. Just go get the dried anchos. <laughs> They're plenty hot. I thought, well, they probably are. So you could use the idea of using dried peppers in your spray is really smart. Um, it, it, I like that. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, Chucky. I do know those things. I just don't. I don't. I couldn't tell you the plot. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Oh, things are looking beautiful up there, John. More collections. That's gorgeous. Um, the discussion of movies here is always fun. I, I enjoy that. By the way, the Best Exotic Marigold Hotel is still a good movie for us old folks especially. But if you young folks want to have a surprise or two, you probably want to do that. <laughs> Check that one out. 
All right, we did this particular bit of information, but we haven't gotten to the palm-destroying beetles yet. We're going to get to those today, I promise. Um, I had no idea. Did you know there was a bias of an- called anchoring bias? I did not know this one. Rudeness amplifies your anchoring bias. Um, it's, I, I feel this as if it were somebody's poking you in the chest, you know, to get you to agree with them, and you're not going to. If you've been interrupted in a meeting and you find yourself replaying that conversation after you leave work, for example, um, you, you may look at stuff and, and your whole idea turns sideways because someone has treated you rudely, quote, unquote. But here's what it is. Here's the truth. What, unfortunately, what happens is we get fixated on one piece of information, even if it isn't correct. All right? If somebody asks you, do you think the Mississippi River is shorter or longer than 500 miles? What do you think? Well, you get stuck on 500 when that's really not the question. Interesting stuff. <laughs> wonder if it is. Hmm. Well, we better look it up, hadn't we? All right, now, y'all be listening, because everybody's going on. We're turning our radios on. This is John Hartford, and this is Weekend Gardening. Typically, we here at Keep Mississippi Beautiful like to share positive news with you, but not today. Litter is on the rise in our state, and we need your help. Please put trash in its proper place and make sure you aren't accidentally littering items from the back of your truck. Protect the road, secure your load, because trash blows. Do your part to keep Mississippi beautiful. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.org. Do you want to make more money? Do you need a high school diploma? Do you need help fast? No problem. Contact your local community college to learn more about the My Best program. My Best, improving the quality of life for Mississippians. I'm Dr. Andrea Mayfield, Executive Director of the Mississippi Community College Board. Funding for this ad provided by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation. Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at the range in Gluckstadt. Right now, we're offering great specials on memberships to our state-of-the-art indoor shooting range. Join now and get your first month free. While you're here, check out our full-service gunsmithing department. We offer everything from professional gun cleaning, Cerakoting, camo application, accurizing, to custom rifle builds. We hope to see you soon. You might even get to meet my wife, Jane. That'll be a real trip. Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Do you have a good attitude? Do you want to be part of a team? If so, the Black Label Bridge Builders at Key Constructors offers lead men and women purpose-driven career opportunities with on-the-job and outside training, leadership development, and benefits. To learn more about what it takes to be a Black Label Bridge Builder, please visit Key's website at keyconstructors.com. Please also follow at Key Constructors on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to see regular updates on the Black Label Bridge 
Builder. Your home for Ole Miss Sports. WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. 601-345-8090. I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Centene has agreed to pay Mississippi $55.5 million in a no-fault settlement after an investigation into claims that the company's pharmacy board managers were inflating their bills. They're paying $88 million to settle a similar investigation in Ohio. Representative Becky Curry thinks there's more to discover. I would hope now that this has happened with the states, mm-hmm. that the feds now will come in because in Mississippi, for every dollar, you know, we get back four. A lot of that is federal money as well. So I I have a feeling they'll be next to come. And there's a lot in the election bill Democrats are trying to pass that Republicans, like Senator Roger Wicker, don't like. It would do away with all voter ID requirements. would do away with that in all 50 states. And also, it, it would be a huge raid on the Treasury taking taxpayer money and giving it to election accounts of candidates for Congress. We don't need that. I'm Andy Davis. Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. This is for those who always show they care who told their kids everyone 12 and older is eligible for a COVID vaccine. Those who explained to their cousins that vaccines prevent nearly 100% of hospitalizations and deaths from COVID-19. This is for the ones protecting those they love. Thank you. We can do this. Find vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Mississippi's tourism industry took a hit during the COVID-19 pandemic, but Craig Gray, director of Visit Mississippi, says it's coming back. We were ranked in the United States number one on the recovery. In the numbers, not as bad as everybody else. We were still down, but we were only down, I think, 17% for the year during COVID, where others were like 30, 40, 50, 60%. And there are plans to build a Bucky's in Harrison County. Economic Development Director Bill Laver says it'll not only create jobs, it's expected to be a huge tourism draw. This will be the first one in Mississippi, and they do a lot of business, and over 5 million people a year come to a Bucky's store. And a young man from the capital city could have gone in any direction, but he chose to stay close to home. Xavier Branch, valedictorian of his senior class at Jim Hill High School, received $1.5 million in scholarship offers. Xavier has accepted a full-right scholarship to attend Mississippi College in Clinton. I'm Andy Davis. Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. The College World Series begins today in Omaha at TD Ameritrade Park. Game one will be Stanford versus North Carolina State, who knocked out Arkansas, the overall number one seed last week. And then the second game tonight will be Vanderbilt, defending national champion, taking on Arizona, who eliminated Ole Miss last week. Then on Sunday, the first game up 
at 1 o'clock will be the Tennessee Volunteers versus Virginia. And then the nightcap Sunday will be the Texas Longhorns versus Mississippi State. That will be a 6 o'clock first pitch. 5.30 will be the airtime on the MSU Baseball Network. And then the games will continue into Monday and Tuesday and throughout next week. The championship series, a 2 out of 3 is scheduled for Monday the 28th, 29th, and 30th of the last week of June. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. Hey, y'all. Let's take some pride and get it together for Mississippi. Many of our highways and roads are just covered in litter. Put trash in its proper place. And if you drive a truck, remember, trash blows. Be sure to secure your load. Please do your part to keep Mississippi beautiful. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.org. That's keepmsbeautiful.org. Remember, always protect the road. Secure your load. The 48th Annual Mississippi Association Coaches Hall of Fame Induction Awards Banquet was held last night at the Hilton in Jackson. Induction of the class of 2021 included the late Danny Carlisle, championship baseball coach at Starkville High School, with guided his teams to 571 wins. Mike Gavin, former MAC president, coached at Harrison Central, St. John, Diaberville, East Central, and Mississippi Gulf Coast. Don Hinton, who recently retired as executive director of the Mississippi High School Activity Association, coached football at Van Cleve, Ocean Springs, Northwest Rankin, Murrah, and Mississippi Baptist. Anthony Jenkins, football, track, and powerlifting coach at Hernando High School. He was also the winningest football coach at Hernando High School, leading his teams to 165 wins from 1988 to 2013. And Bill Ward, championship football coach at Mantashi, Kosciuszko, and Pilahashi. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. My goodness. Whee! Wowie zowie, what a fast month June has turned out to be. We are already rolling into the 19th day of June. You know what that means, don't you? Mm-hmm. Summer, that's right. That means Father's Day, mm-hmm, that's right. That means a brand new federal holiday for Juneteenth, because by the way, in case you're wondering what that what that's all about, that's because until everybody's free, nobody's free, and that's a quote a paraphrase, actually, from Dr. Martin Luther King, but also from things in the Bible. So believe me, freedom is all about freedom. Um, and, and celebrating Juneteenth is something that I was taught my whole life, but I know a lot of people were not. So I'm glad that it's getting the attention that it deserves now. But it's also, well, quite frankly, th- this is this is the day that I was waiting to have my second child about 32 years ago. <laughs> so. 
Yeah, sitting around going, okay, any minute now, got to have that baby. Well, the good news is that we did, and she's having a birthday tomorrow, I'm happy to say. All right, now, welcome in. There are a lot of things I wanted to get to today. First of all is a text that I missed in the first hour. That's from Rebecca. She has a Drake elm that... It's gotten over wet, 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 wet. All the leaves have turned brown and fallen off. What do we do? Well, the first thing you do is a scratch test. And obviously, if you if the thing is sitting in water, you're going to have to do a little ditching to get the water out from under the bottom of it. But if you scratch the branches, scratch out at the tips, and it's still green, you're good to go. Just It's just had a problem, and it, it threw off the leaves in order to survive as a tree. On the other hand, if those are browned out, go a little further back on each branch until you find where it is green. And if it is, prune to that point so that you can stimulate new growth. On the other hand, if the whole thing's gone, well, the good news is that it'll be tree planting time again in just a few months and you can put in a new tree. Let's pop over to the telephones now. This is, of course, the the uh, Super Talk call line, 888 Bill's in Pascagoula. Hey, Bill, thanks for calling Weekend Gardening. Well, thank you for taking my call. Uh, we listen to you every Saturday if I'm not if I have to, if I have to take my battery-operated radio to the garden, I'll thank you. Listen to you. <laughs> thank you very so, much. Uh, well, you're great. You know, I have a—I won't mention the name—but I have a retail store, and when a lot of gardeners come in, we discuss and we talk about you. Oh, come on! Where? What retail yeah. store do you have? Uh, Perkins Car Company in Pascagoula. Okay, great, great. Love to yeah. love to come so, see you. And they walk in and they know I'm a gardener. They know I listen to you, and we always talk and comment about the things you said on Saturday. Thank you. But here is my question: For the first time, uh, I planted uh, Kentucky Wonder Climate Sapling. Mm-hmm. I planted two twelve-foot rows about two weeks apart. And here's my question: They seem to still be blooming, but production is tailed off considerably. Mm-hmm. Does this heat means I'm about done with those? If it is, I'm going to pull them up and plant something else. Well, it, do the leaves still look good? Well, yeah, sort of. They've got some uh, what I think you call late call late blight a little bit, maybe. A, a little bit of spotting and stuff on them. It's probably yeah, just as well. If you've, if you've had some good pickings and the weather's turning off hot, it, it's going to be time to replant very soon, so you may as well go ahead and let them come down. If you had told me the leaves were in, still in great shape, I would have said, let's hold on just a little bit longer. But it, the conditions for those leaves are, is only going to get worse, and you can use them as a, an amendment to add into your soil at this point or your compost heap. I do do a huge compost pile. Yay. So uh, the heat, they're still blooming, but they don't seem to be steady, and that's because of the heat. Usually, yeah. At this time of the year, it can be, and this year particularly, it can be because literally they opened their flowers and got rained on. You know, (laughs) okay, well, now we can't set that bean. Now we got to get another bean. You know, Um, they, they go through the ups and downs of the temperature as well as the rainfall. But it sounds like you've got perfectly healthy plants. They're just starting to decline. Okay, that's kind of what I thought. I just want, but I never planted it before. And you know, the the, the pack always tells you climbing snap beans will make you a frost. Mm-hmm. And, that's and some and sometimes they do. Sometimes they do, and some do. And sometimes it's the ones that we plant in the middle of the summer that make until frost. 
Oh, okay, because I'm in zone nine. It's, exactly. It's pretty hot down Exactly. Here. Now, I'm going to tell you about, I'm going to give you a Pascagoula memory. I used to have an opportunity to speak there, um, and I wrote, did some writing there as well. And I was always tickled. I, I had the chance to go and visit with a friend of mine, Jim Wilson, who was probably the best garden writer that I've ever gotten to work with. Um, and and he was he was from Mississippi, but had gone far and wide. He was one of the hosts of the Victory Garden in, in those years, and he had planted. 30-gallon trash cans with tomatoes. And, I mean, this was an industrial planting, okay? This was like the biggest plants. The cage was on the outside of the can and all of these things. It was at Clancy's Nursery. And when I went there to speak, the tomato was just gobsmacked me. It was so big and beautiful. But I was even more impressed with all the retired Navy folks that were gardeners in the, and had settled in the Pascagoula area. It's a tradition there, and I know it, and I know some of those folks are who you are able to see at your place. It's a, it's a great city, great town, wonderful bunch of gardeners, and just one of my favorite places. Thank well, you. Question. Do you yes. have uh, any publications? I would love to read your book if you have it. Um, I, I haven't written a new book in more than five years, but I will tell you they're still out there, um, you know, on the internets and stuff. You just look up Nellie Neal and Garden Books and you'll find me. <laughs> That's great. That's great information. Thank uh, you. We have a, we have a senior citizens community center mm-hmm. and we have 28 raised bed, raised garden beds. Love it. Thanks to that. And so, uh, you know, it's for people 65 and older. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, that would be a great place sometime if you want to build a speaking engagement. Be a lot of fun. Citizen. Be a lot of fun. I'll, I will get in touch with you about that. They have um, huge crowds there sometimes. Thank you. I'm thank glad you to hear from you, Bill. Take care. Talk to you again thank soon, you. I hope. Right. One of these you. days I'm going to be back on the road for sure. This is, this is uh, it's not all memories. You know, I have gotten out a couple of times <laughs> lately. <laughs> I'm looking forward to more of that. Um, and on that subject, yeah, I know, we all want this pandemic business to be over. It, it's not yet, okay? Get vaccinated. That's all I'm going to tell you. Do it for me. You may not want to do it for anybody else. Do it for me. How about that? Ooh, why didn't I know this? This is this. Sometimes research just jumps at you, and you think, I, I really wish that I had known this. West Virginia University. I can't say that I. I mean, I presumed there was one, but I can't say I've ever read any of their stuff before. Uh, trying to figure out what it is that makes college students do what they do is certainly something that has has been an an issue forever, ever since there's been a college for anybody to go to. And the whole notion of whether or not the college needs to act in loco parentis, that's to say without, when your parents are not about, are they supposed to function that way? Or is this supposed to be the dawn of a new era in your life and you're supposed to just grow up and get with it? All those questions go on all the time. But this particular piece of research is trying to figure out where you, if you, how to predict what college students' loss of self-control is going to do. In other words, what do they do and how does it affect them? Maybe joining a club, you may decide you're going to take up fencing. You know, you may decide, I took up archery. I'd never done that before. I took that up as a freshman in college, loved it. Um, It was the first time anybody had ever given me a pair of 
vision glasses that I could put on on top of my glasses so I could actually see the target. Okay, it was great, but it was something that I learned a lot from. You have to use different techniques sometimes to see what you wanted to see. But for example, do you join a fraternity or do you not? Do you find a new group of friends through the department that you're majoring in, or do you find them through your dormitory? All of these things. Um, does it is it inevitable to go to drinking and drug use or is it inevitable to go to staying up all night and drinking too much coffee and studying too long so that your brain goes empty and you don't know when you get in to take the test how do these things happen and where do they come from and i love that the first year students self-control tendencies all right once again, it's going to be mama's fault. How they act depends on how their parents treated them and what their parents prepared them for and how they were expect expectations were met or not. Duh. I mean, you know, come on. We obviously we we have to understand that there's not not everyone has a re, a reference point. Not everybody has somebody that says to them, okay, your, your mama went to school here and your grandmama went to school there and this and that and the other thing. I didn't have as much of that. I had one generation. But when we have nothing whatsoever, then you don't know where to curb those other pieces and parts of the self-control that you're trying to learn because you're a college freshman. The self-control erodes more than those who are more securely attached to their families. I'm going to put this in the way that it would have been put to my children. Don't do anything that's going to embarrass me. (laughs) You know your parents told you that. Now, you can tell your parents that even if your parents can tell you that even if they've never had the experience. All right. But you know how you're supposed to act and you know what the expectations are. And, yeah, sometimes you're going to push them a little bit. Moderation in all things, even moderation. You know, there's going to be push and pull. But there's also going to be a fundamental knowledge that you want to be able to go home. And you don't want to have to be yelled at when you get there. Think about it. 888-808-8637. That is the Super Talk call line. And um, this is, there's a discussion going on about, um, some other topic, but that's I'm not going to worry about that one. The ceasefire text line is available to all of y'all, 601-879-4395. All right, now, from the University of Queensland, I do love their work. That's so interesting. But usually we don't get this kind of a report. Now, we'll hear, for example, we will hear that hummingbird migration, generally speaking, happens between date A and date B, and that, that's that, that all happens. We often we hear often you'll hear from me or from nobody else that aphid flight takes place in August and September. You will hear from you know several other things, but I have never heard about a beetle that is edging closer to Australia. But guess why? Not because it's being brought in there on tanker ships that are traveling from someplace different. You might think that. Not because it's being carried on the wind. You might think that. But actually, because the biological controls that have kept it at bay are failing. Unfortunately, this particular destructive pest beetle, this is, this is a wonderful, wonderful bug if you think about it because it's so clever. It is a palm-loving coconut rhinoceros beetle. They're really good looking. And sadly... This expression is they have now become unshackled. And I really love this. Um, that this is uh, what, what they had was 
the opportunity to develop a biological control, and they did. They found a beetle virus from Malaysia. But just as I was talking with you before about you do the same thing over and over and things change. And in this case, the unshackled beetle is no longer being controlled by the virus and it's headed for Australia. That's not good. Matt's in Oxford. Let's talk to Matt. What's going on with your tomatoes, sir? Garden Mama, thank you, and uh, I enjoy listening to your show every Saturday morning. Thank you. I, I have I planted about 76 tomatoes this year. Wow. Um, they really started growing. Plants were beautiful. Um, started you know blooming and producing tomatoes, and then when we had the big rain up here, about 17 inches of rain. Yeah. After that, my tomatoes started to look like they're just the plants are dying. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still tomatoes still on the vines. But is there any way to save those tomatoes? Have they got too much water? Well, um, tell me what they look like. Are they brown on the lower leaves with spots on them? Or are they the whole thing gone brown and just the tomatoes hanging there? Or what What do they look like? They started getting brown from the ground up okay. about two to three inches. Mm-hmm. I pulled those leaves off, and now it's kind of gradually working its way up with the leaves dying and the in okay. the plants, and it's, it's not really all of them. Yeah, but I didn't know if it was a fungus, if it was too much water. Um, late blight is probably what it is. It's a fungus, and if particularly if your leaves are turning yellow and then they get brown circles on them, what are called bullseye spots, that's a real classic symptom, and it does spread from the bottom up, and it is a bigger problem after a rain event as you describe, because the plants, what happens, of course, is that the plants' roots can't take up water when they're saturated. And as a result, in the time that it's, they're trying to dry out, the pests get a bigger grip on them than they would have. If I had 76 tomatoes, or maybe a third of them affected, or more. So is there something I can put on them? Or? Well, is, are more than a third of your tomatoes affected? Uh, yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, luckily, it's going to be time to plant again in about a month. You know, obviously, you have to plant in a different spot. You can't plant that same soil again. But the thing that I would do at this point is to get out the worst of the plants, get rid of them, fry the green tomatoes, you know, enjoy what you got. Yeah. And then yeah. um, you can, of course, begin spraying with a fungicide but it probably isn't going to help in the long run. I think they were just damaged too much. 17 inches of rain is a lot, particularly on a plant that's already bearing. But the good news is that it'll be time to plant something else here in just about a minute. So the good news is that, that you didn't lose your crop. It's just been overwhelmed by the events of the day. I would take out the worst of them just because they're going to be sources of infection, and you don't want to leave that in the field. Okay. Okay. What varieties did you plant? I plant uh, uh, half of them were canning tomatoes, and then half of them were big boy tomatoes. Did either one do better? Uh, the canning tomatoes have really come on, uh, really produced, and then the big boy tomatoes were starting to come on. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still producing tomatoes. Yeah. But it's it's 
it's kind of like the plant's still down, and I just didn't know if there's ways that I could save it. They're just by taking off the leaves and getting them out that are damaged and spraying the plants with a fungicide will do everything that you can do at this point. Um, but the good news is, and I was I was hoping that I would be right. Um, sometimes I am, and sometimes I'm not. But canning tomatoes oftentimes can put up with a whole lot. I mean, they'll look like the truck was parked on them, and they're still making fruit. You know? <laughs> so yes, I think they have a better chance than the big boys. Okay. I'm sorry. All if you right. want to send me some pictures, if you want to send me some close-up pictures of your plants and leaves, send them to mamaonair at yahoo.com, and I will take a look at them and get back to you during the week, okay? Thank you so much, and I appreciate Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate you listening. Good to hear from you. Ah, yes. Mama on air, M-A-M-A, on air at yahoo.com. It is sweet, and I'm glad you're here. This is Weekend Gardening. Want that dream job? Do you need the right skills and credentials to get there? Did you know more than 2,000 students have taken advantage of the My Best program for free? Contact your local community college to learn more about the My Best program. Take charge of your life and make your dreams a reality by attending a Mississippi community college. I'm Dr. Andrea Mayfield, Executive Director of the Mississippi Community College Board. Funding for this ad provided by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation. Welcome to Mike Drop, the show where Mississippi Farm Bureau President Mike McCormick drops some helpful knowledge. Did you know that one out of four jobs in the state depends on agriculture? That's why we started the Mississippi Ag in the Classroom. It's a school program helping grades K-12 through acquire broader knowledge about agriculture and how it impacts them. It's great to see them learn and get excited about where their food and clothes come from. Visit your Farm Bureau friends and neighbors at your county office or sign up online today at msfb.org. You can bet the farm on At Green Home Solutions, we make air better. Indoor air pollution can cause health risks such as asthma, eye issues, itchy and sore throats, respiratory problems, and skin irritations. Green Home Solutions provides you the indoor air quality you want for your home or business without indoor air pollutions and without the use of harmful chemicals. Create a balanced, healthy, and clean environment with Green Home Solutions. We make air better. Call me, owner Michael Keaton, at 601-988-7840 or look for us on Facebook. I'm Lauren McGraw with Gotta Go. I'm here to help you with your construction site. We have many different options such as portable toilets, handicap units, hand washers, eye washers, and also roll-off dumpsters. When you gotta go, please call Gotta Go, 601-879-3969. Pool tables, ping pong, poker, classic arcades, football, sports decor, even kitchen and bar stools. You'll find it all at Game Room Gallery. Game Room Gallery has plenty to choose from during this time you're at home to help make many more memories with your family. With specials on classic arcades and pool sticks too. Let Game Room Gallery bring excitement to any room in your home. Game Room Gallery, Ridgewood Road, just north of County Line. For more, call 601-853-7777. That's 601-853-7777. Online at gameroom-gallery.com. This Father's Day weekend broadcast on Super Talk Mississippi is brought to you by Tico Steakhouse. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there from Tico Steakhouse, where the locals gather. East County Line Road in Ridgeland, 601-956-1030. 
Hi, break time? I know you. I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. It seems like you take care of yourself. I do. I play tennis. Try to eat well. What about screening for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. Colon cancer is more treatable when it's caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and is used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive results should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit requestcologuard.com. I'm on it. Excellent. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again. If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. I know it's odd. It took me a long time to find this. <laughs> ah, back when I had a different theme every day of the week. Ah, yes, indeed. Welcome to Birdland. Now, listen, I got some texts here that I've got to try to, to get back and figure out on um, what variety is a canning tomato. Those, that's what we classically think of as Roma, R-O-M-A. But there will be they will be sold as the the, the plants themselves will sometimes say paste tomato because it, it indicates that it's a thicker wall and fewer seeds inside. But, so it, it makes more of that. Um, also, a piece of advice from that caller. Um, let's see. Oh, talking about the that they left their Kentucky Wonder bush beans and let they just kept on producing. Uh, they can do that. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. And he was growing the pole types, which are a little bit hardier usually, but not always. Not always. Trays in Grenada. Oh, trays cooking. That's beautiful. Squash and okra. Love it. Really, really nice. Really, really nice. Um, beautiful pothos ivy. Coming in from Ken, um, Terry and Bogachita had some banana problems in the cold weather, but they came back strong. I, I do have one taller than me now, which was not uh, not surprising. Um, I don't know who this is from. It's someone that has not texted before, and generally speaking, when that's the case, we give you a name. You'll be Bubba from Belzona. Um, is it supposed to rain today? Depends on where you live. Is the answer to that? If so, should I do my garden work early? You should do your garden work early anyway in this, this in hot weather because it's safer for you. Um, not to mention everybody else. Another spiral stemmed sp- spiral flower spike that I thought about and sent to Mike to look up is ladies' tresses. Um, it's a spi- spianthus, but there's another one, and I think it is. Um, 
chamelirium, but the, the common name of it is fairy wand. And it's another one that has kind of a curved spike of flowers. And I don't, I just don't know, for I'm not being able to see, um, the leaves of it. I can't go any closer to tell you. Can't help that out. But that's, I think we're about, we're about closed up here on these. I mean, we got caught up rather. Um, Oh, okay. Rhett gives a good plug to uh, TuneIn. He listens to, to us on that. and Yeah, I listen to TuneIn, too, sometimes. Good news, good news. The African great apes, however, are not looking at good news. I I sometimes think that if the... Uh, Oh, let's just say it. You know, if if the if the if our alien overlords looked at my life, they would probably think that I was on a very checkered path. They would be, you know, if you look at me at my life from the the way out look, it wouldn't look like a particularly calm path. And you might wonder about my range loss and my habitat and all these kinds of things. Well, the great apes in Africa are having the same problem. And again, just like I wouldn't be aware of it myself, they're not necessarily aware of it. But the Wildlife Conservation Society certainly is. And what they're working on on behalf of um, bonobos and chimpanzees and gorillas is trying to figure out where they're going to live. Because as their habitat shrinks due to the the changes of climate, but also due to the way we human beings use the land and the number of people that we have, the growth of our populations, all of these things really do not bode well in terms of computer projections. As soon as uh, 2050, you know, if we say that it's going to all go slowly, the best case, well, probably the worst case is that we're not going to do anything, and all of those things do not bode well. The, the worst-case scenarios, of course, um, they're, they're going to lose virtually all of their habitat. But even under the best case, they're going to lose 85% of their range. So that means that as conservationists, people who con- are concerned about these things need to be acting now. Um, they need to be taking the projections into effect that are in effect now and also making some projections for the future about how things are going to continue and where they can make changes, where we can increase, for example. Um, I, I read an article about two months ago, and I couldn't decide where they were going, so I didn't bring it to you. But the idea is that if we continue to hunt the pythons and the alligators, you know, and all the things that are tremendously overpopulated in parts of the southeast, that we're actually just going to make more of them. I don't know how that – I couldn't understand what their rationale was, that we should just give up and let the pythons take over or, you know, what what the point of view was. But the numbers were there to show that just like we talk about a plant freezing and then it comes back with more and more leaves and blooms more abundantly and tries to put on so many seeds to survive, we see that as well happening in some of the animal populations. And that's not a really good thing. I'm interested to uh, know about anything regarding sharks. I, long before there was Sharknado, I was a person that was fascinated by them. Um, and no, not because of Jaws, just because I've always thought that, that sharks were interesting. It, you know it's gotten interesting if Yale University is actually spending their research dollars on it. The The biggest shark attack in history, however, did not involve any of us at all. Now, Realize that right now when we do the patrols, they're sending drones out. We're seeing more and more than ever. But the 
issue is, were they already there and we just didn't see them, or are there more there now because the water is warmer in some places and the food sources for them have moved and all of these things? Well, what we're looking at in this case is ancient, ancient, ancient shark history, which may give us a signal to what can happen, or it may just be an interesting story. Back when, back when, 20 million years ago, just a, just a happenstance in the history of the Earth, 20 million years ago, Apparently, at that time, there were 10 times more sharks swimming around the earth in the water than there are now. That's a lot of sharks. We don't, it's not like we have any lack of sharks now. But what would cause that level of die-off? They don't know. What we're talking about, they, they discovered this extinction almost by accident. They were studying sediment. And, of course, you, 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 when you take up sediment cores from the floor of the ocean – you end up with everything that was there. That's the whole point is, you know, that you may think about it looking for oil and gas, but the the other scientists are looking for it for things like microfossil fish teeth, you know, shark scales, I mean, all these kind of things. So what they did was to generate an incredible ability. They had had the ability to do this in the computer, 85 million year-long record of fish and shark abundance. And what they found was, because what they're trying to do, of course, is to find the norm. Um, to find what normal is so that then we have things to compare it to. And when they found off, when they found was that 70% of the world's sharks died off more out in the open water even than in the coastal waters, which was not what they would have expected. And so we still don't know what this, how this happened, but believe me, they would be running the government, you know, if they had continued because that many more sharks than people I think they might have won. Now, we didn't do it. (laughs) I don't think we had anything to do with it ourselves because we're not there. But um, interestingly enough, Jason from Greenwood is on the text line. The rain got there in Greenwood. The tomatoes were um, pretty wet. And what he's seeing now is that when the sun is out, they wilt down. The bottom half of them have pretty many dead leaves on them, but the plant still seems like they're alive. I would take off those de- the brown leaves, the leaves that are likely to wilt every day, give the plants a little bit of tomato fertilizer or some kind of garden fertilizer, whatever it is that you use, and really just see what happens. We're into nights now that are going to be, it's going to be difficult because the nights are so warm, it's going to be difficult for the plants to set tomatoes. But the good news is that if the plant, if we can keep the plants healthy, then we will have the opportunity as soon as the temperatures get back on our side. If not, if they can't survive this next month, for example, then we'll know we can plant again, too, because we can do that again in July. But that's tough. It's a very tough thing. I, my, my little tomatoes, I told you that I got um, some of the teeny tiny tomatoes, tomato plants, and they're doing well. I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing a whole lot of tomatoes, but I, I was not... This was certainly not the best year all the way around for them. Yeah, indeed. What are we going to do? How are we going to understand this time period from 20 million years ago? How are we going to figure this out? It's a big change in the ocean ecosystem, and we didn't really think that anything had happened. Hmm. Sometimes you got to look in order to see. That is for sure. Speaking of looking, wow, I didn't. I just didn't know about this. I'm really interested in, um, you may have heard me talk about before, one of my very favorite science projects that my, any of my kids put together 
was about penguins and how come how do they float you know how come they don't succumb to cold or to anything how, how do they buoyancy it was the subject of this whole thing and it's really interesting to understand that swimming ducks are doing some of the same things that penguins do when it comes to rebalancing all the time but in the case of the swimming ducks they actually balance water pressure in their feathers while they're diving in other words they've got such a synchronous system that the whole thing works together they have um, they suspend water in their feathers while they dive down which allows them to shake it out when they come up to the surface and that of course gives them a sleeker entrance and exit from the water pretty interesting stuff um this particular researcher is into fluid me- mechanics um the using the contained recirculated steam as a cooling device was one of the things that we talked about from this particular person again it was really fascinating stuff i i love though that his particular um how does the duck dry off <laughs> question came because of where he parked his car when he worked at duke you just never know where inspiration is going to come and this particular professor jonathan Brico. Um, has discovered this method because he said he passed by the ponds with a lot of ducks and when the duck comes out of the water they shook and the water flew off but he said how and what and why and all the questions that scientists ask of course and interestingly enough at that particular point he was studying those same kinds of things in, in terms of fluid dynamics so this gave him another opportunity to figure it out. And interesting, how the how in the world does the duck do that and not sink? You know, how do you take up water enough water to to do this dive and not take up too much water, or do some of them? Uh, their their first approach was to try and do this through individual duck feathers. Turns out it's a group effort. Turns out it is a group effort for sure. Oh, when I was looking um, for the ladies' tresses, I, I knew that I would find it, and I don't, I don't tell you about this website often enough, um, and, and it is your tax dollars at work, so you should know that you can always find out about wildflowers in any state in the United States. It's the U.S. Wildflowers Database. Real simple stuff. Um, USWildflowers.com. This does, this is not, now if you go to, there's other ones. There's different incarnations. But if you go to uswildflowers.com, you will come up with this beautiful database, photographs, scientific names, common names, and the whole thing is sorted by state. So if you just type in um, uswildflowers.com, you'll come out with a, a long address at the top, and it says state equals all. All right? All you have to do to find Mississippi is get up into that line, take off the all and put in MS in capital letters or any other state you want to look at, and they will literally roll out all of them. You can. There's another way you can sort by color, too. <laughs> it's crazy. But it's a beautiful website and one that is a, a database that we can all use for understanding what our native flowers are. Some of these on here are not native. Some of them are just so well introduced, and they'll tell you the difference between the ones that are native and the ones that are not. But they will they will definitely give you um, more opportunity to understand what's out there and have the, have the chance um, to learn about some of these plants that you might see, but nobody grows. And there, there are a lot of things like that um, that I think are really well worth our time. We have several orchids 
in the state of Mississippi that are native that are you will probably never see because they grow in such small areas. But you can see the pictures of them here. Um, I was I'm happy to tell you that dayflower is in here. Dayflower um, is one of the plants that's blooming at my house now. It it, uh, it tends to come up where the spider wart has been. And if I get the spider wart down in time, the the um, comelina or the, the dayflower will pop right up in that same space. It's also called mouse ears because it does have two petals that are fairly prominent, kind of Mickey Mouse-ish, <laughs> kind of. But it's another one of the plants that you just you see but you don't think about. Um, our, our classics, we've got lamiums, of course, the things that... that if you just have seen and you haven't really known what they were, but you know they're wildflowers, check them out. USWildflowers.com. Oh, my goodness. That went quickly. Well, I've got to talk to you about flavonoid wool. I've got to talk to you about bad possibilities and information in your brain. And Wow, so many things. But that's because we're going we're gonna to listen to John first, and then we're going to come back around again this is weekend gardening. I grew up working on a farm way down south. I went to school against my will way down south. I kissed girls and I shot squirrels out behind my house. I learned a lot about this world way down south. Y'all listen up. Have you seen all the litter on the sides of our roads? We need to all do our part to fight litter. Put trash in its proper place and make sure items in your truck beds are secure. Remember, trash blows. Secure your load. Please do your part to keep Mississippi beautiful. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.org. That's keepmsbeautiful.org. Remember, always protect the road. Secure your load. Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. Homestyle plates full of catfish, shrimp, and rib tips, just to name a few. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. When you choose Roto-Rooter, you'll get honest estimates and no-hassle guarantee so you can get it fixed quickly and enjoy peace of mind. We're there for you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, day and night, holidays, and weekends. We've been providing service to Mississippi for over 80 years. Call the original Roto-Rooter, 601-353-3333. Mention this ad to receive $25 off any service. Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name. Got a winkle troubles down the drain. Roto-Rooter. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. 
Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get yourself to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture, outdoor-indoor living areas, umbrellas, replacement cushions, and beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll even find Komodo Joe grills and collegiate gift items. The expert staff members at Lakeland Yard and Garden will be happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. While you're there, be sure to get your topsoil or mulch sold by the bag or in bulk. Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden, growing your way and serving you for over 40 years. Stop by or call today, located at Lakeland Drive and Airport Road, 601-939-7304, online at lakelandyardandgarden.com. Listen to your garden mama now. It's Lakeland Yard and Garden Center for all your gardening needs and a whole lot more. No drip roofing and construction. The name says it all. All types of roofing and construction. Your certified certainty shingle installer, family owned and operated for over 20 years here in the Metro. No drip roofing and construction. 601-371-1051. I'm Andy Gibson, your commissioner of agriculture and commerce. Come shop the freshest locally grown fruits and vegetables, meats, and other farm raised products at the Mississippi Farmers Market every Saturday from 8 to 1. While there, you can grab breakfast or lunch at the City Limits Cafe and shop our new Genuine Mississippi store for unique items made right here in Mississippi. The store is also open weekdays 11 to 1 every day. All this at the Mississippi Farmers Market, 929 High Street in Jackson, right near the fairgrounds. Y'all come see us. interesting text conversation about tomatoes in five-gallon buckets. Do I have to replant in new soil? The answer is yes, if you're going to plant tomatoes in those buckets again, and be sure you wash the buckets really well, too. But you can use that soil again for something else, and you can certainly compost it and use it next year for more tomatoes. But um, do I have to plant new ones is, an, is another question. If the uh, if the vines aren't healthy, yes, it would be good to get rid of them and start new ones for next month. But if they are healthy, you can keep them growing, and they will begin producing just as soon as the temperatures allow them to in later summer, early fall. Okay, temperatures have to be pretty much below 70 degrees at night for tomatoes to set. Um, plant new ones. How about that? Hear that typing? That's just, you can tell I'm actually being productive here. I was really happy to see have someone come um, when we were at Gaddis McLaurin who said, as people are so nice to say to me, I, I expected you to be surrounded by books and, and things that you had to look up, and I couldn't figure out how you referenced all that, but it's all in your head. It's not all in my head. Most of it is in my head. I mean, it's all in my head somewhere, but most of it is accessible, that's <laughs> what I should say. Sometimes I do use a computer, though, to, to get myself back to an answer that might be a better one than the one that the first one that occurs to me all right all right let's see brian's from lewisville on the text land um um i'm i can't again i can't see whether there's any little bullseye spots inside of your brown areas on your tomato leaves but if the tomatoes are browning from the bottom up 
that are turning yellow and then going brown and they have little bullseye spots in them, that's a different, that's a, that's a blight. That's a big problem. These issues, though, however, just look kind of like, um, crummy, uh, these just look like leaves that have decomposed for some reason or another, and they may have gotten eaten on, they may have not. If you take off all the damaged leaves on a tomato plant and you realize that you have taken off more than half the leaves, then it's time to fertilize, perhaps spray if you've had a problem, and see if you can grow them out of it or not. This is a good time to see whether or not they can grow out of it. They may or may not be able to do that. Uh, it just really depends. Um, thank you, Joe. You have a good weekend, too. Oh, nice. That black cherry tomatoes. That's lovely. I love, love, love that tomato. The flute. She says the fruit is luscious. She's absolutely right, Ann. You you are so right. Um, and I'm, I'm really very, very fond of that particular fruit. There's something about tomatoes that gets me anyway. And cherry tomatoes are particularly delightful. And the black cherry tomato is so sweet and so fine that I'm actually trying to grow one even though I got started too late on it. So that's, it's one that I do keep around. Uh, I also have, I believe it's Orange Hat, the other little one. It's just some interesting ones, different things today. I'm, I'm, obviously, i am got to go get sandwich tomatoes, but that's different. I hope that whatever you're doing in your garden, it's giving you the great pleasure that it can. I hope that um, maybe you're a person who decides you're going to mow the yard once a week and never touch anything else, that's fine. You're still a gardener. Or as my friend Jeffrey would say, you're a yardener at that point because you're taking care of your yard. But it's also true that one thing kind of leads to another. You look there and you mow the yard and you think, well, be nice if there was some flowers blooming there by the front door. You know, Be nice to call attention to the door by having a hanging basket next to it on a, on a shepherd's hook all those kind of things that occur to you this is the time of the year to do them i always tell people and i I really do believe that this is important if you if you buy a house if you if you if you own a house or if you intend to be in a house so you've got a three-year lease on someplace take pictures of the the house is nice take pictures of lovely take pictures of the people but take pictures of the place take pictures of the trees take pictures of the shrubs take pictures of how the lawn's doing that way you have a reference point um it's kind of it's like the baseline of anything else if you don't know what's there then you don't know what to do with it and you can't find out because you don't know what's there it's a kind of an, an unfortunate circle that will happen um and i do know that there are a lot of people who think that they've got some problems and now they're starting to see those problems. For example, um, someone sent me a note last week that half of her azalea just turned brown. And I said, well, go and look at the base of it. You may find that that part actually split. She said, yeah, but it did. It does have a split, but it was so pretty when it was in flower. Of course it was. The plant was giving you that one last really gusto bloom time before it could no longer support that part of the plant. And sometimes freeze will do that. Freezing particularly followed by quick thawing is a big problem. Oh, pretty moon plant. That's lovely, lovely, lovely. Um, Where to cut the flowers to to deadhead them? Well, it's a vine, so it's kind of hard to do that. But in this particular case, you've got it growing pretty well. I would just take off the flowers as they fade and maybe one set of leaves behind it. No more than that would be necessary to to get as much rebloom as you possibly can. Andrea's got um, got bulbs. Um, 
do I? Oh, let's see. I I don't know, Andrea. Let me think about that. I'll, I'll get to you here in just a second. I have sprayed moldy things with a, a little bit of a light bleach solution and then set them out. You might do that. I wouldn't soak them, though. I don't believe I would soak them. Okay, okay. <laughs> That's a pretty moon plant. Beautiful, beautiful. Moonflowers are, are one of those things that either you like them or you don't. Some people really don't, but I like them. I think they're lovely. Um, let's see. Terry wants to know how the pear tree gets blighted and how to save the tree, how to prevent it. It's turning black from the tip of the limbs and progressing down the limb. Unfortunately, if it is fire blight, if it is actually going black from the tip going back, the only thing you can do is to right now go six inches below wherever the black point is on that that branch and cut it off. Go six inches back behind it, though. Take your bleach and water with you and keep your your blade clean in between these cuts. Now, if it's some other kind of thing, if, if actually if it's not just actually going black overnight and looking like somebody set fire to it, which is what fire blight actually looks like, if, if it's not that, then you may be seeing some spotting and some damage of that kind. I would still take those leaves off because they're not going to be helpful to you. But you can just then you can begin spraying the tree probably with a neem oil solution or with another product that's intended for fruit tree spraying. It just really depends on which what the nature of that damage is. If it's blackened from the tip back and it happens really fast, you need to start pruning in order to save the tree. Unfortunately, let's see. Um, oh, my goodness. That's very sweet. That is very, very sweet. Um, I'm enjoying people's reminiscences today, talking about their dads and one thing and another. That's very sweet. You're not going to have any problem. It's a beautiful rose. Lovely, lovely. One of the things that I always think about at this time of the year is getting ready for that next garden, getting ready for the, it's where our brain kind of helps us out. You know, we look back and say, well, that didn't do so well. What can I try again? The good news is that as we move towards July, you can just about plant anything that you planted in March and April again for the fall crop, flowers and vegetables. Okay. Don't forget, raise your mower height one notch. Don't forget, be nice to each other. Don't forget, get your vaccination. Don't forget, happy Father's Day, happy Juneteenth, happy summer. Come back next week for more Weekend Gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of South Communication. Welcome to Mike Drop, the show where Mississippi Farm Bureau President Mike McCormick drops some helpful knowledge. Here's something very helpful. You can join Mississippi Farm Bureau for less than $50 a year. There are so many benefits to your membership, including money-saving perks, access to Farm Bureau insurance, protecting your land, and making a difference in your community through advocacy. 
Visit your Farm Bureau friends and neighbors at your county office or sign up online today at msfb.org. You can bet the farm on it. Do you want to make more money? Do you need a high school diploma? Do you need help fast? No problem. Contact your local community college to learn more about the My Best program. My Best, improving the quality of life for Mississippians. I'm Dr. Andrea Mayfield, Executive Director of the Mississippi Community College Board. Funding for this ad provided by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation. From luxury hotels to homeowners, Bath Fitter in Ridgeland will exceed your expectations. Your beautiful new bath and shower are made with the same high-quality materials used in luxury hotels and installed in as little as one day. Bath Fitter in Ridgeland will provide the bath or shower custom designed you've always wanted with no heavy demo or weeks without your bath area. Visit bathfitter.com where you can design your own bath area and book your free in-home or virtual consultation. Bathfitter.com. Philium Corporation knows the technology is constantly evolving, especially in these challenging times. With so many people working at home, securing and guarding your company's data on-site or remotely is more critical than ever. As we all adapt to the new normal, Pillium continues to help you stay secure and current with IT support and security and forensics, plus cloud services and networking, mobile communications, body cams, and in-car video systems. Contact us at Pillium.com. Smart people, smart business, smart solutions. A Super Talk Mississippi media production. 